Miracles happen when people pray, hey, look at the stage. Um, I feel like I'm going back to my earlier profession as a phys ed teacher uh, here, but there, there is a reason and a purpose, and hopefully the visual will help us. As we launch in this series in Joshua, um, if you were here this morning, I'm sorry, you'll, you'll hear the same message again, but hopefully the Holy Spirit will speak something new uh, for you. But we're looking as we set up this, this series in Joshua at a little bit of the context. Now, I, I actually really love the Old Testament uh, for a few reasons. One of the reasons I love reading the Old Testament is in it, we see God in all of his majesty and all of his power work in ways over the, you know, the, the authorities and the kings of the day, the most powerful people and powerful kingdoms, like their chess pieces. Um, so in this story, we're going to hear about Pharaoh and Egypt, the, most, the superpower of the nation and that region of the world at that time. And God uses them. God shows how big he is um, over them uh, within this story. But no, not only that, he's a God that's that big and that powerful, but he loves us. And actually, I want you to know today that God loves you. Wherever you're at, wherever you're at on the journey, I want you to know that God loves you. And in this story, um, I'm going to do it in two parts, this, this sermon. One is to look at the progression or the process of the way God worked in the lives of the Israelites, and then look at some principles that we can apply into our own life. So if we look at the story of Joshua, we go back a little bit. I want to go back in history. God called a people group, the Israelites, to, to be his own people, to have a relationship with them, to, to, to covenant, to, to be faithful to them, to walk with them, to never leave them or forsake them, to build them into a great nation and to give them a place to live, what was called the promised land. Just before the story of Joshua, we find the Israelites in slavery in Egypt. For 450 years, they were enslaved. They were working as, as slaves. They were oppressed. There was a power or an authority that they had to obey, and they were not free people. That's where we find them. And the Bible says that from this place, the Israelites cried out to God, and it says God heard their cries and he released them from their captivity. Now, if you read Exodus, there's these incredible plagues and miracles that God did to show Pharaoh his power and to, to tell Pharaoh to let his people go. And so you see that the, the Israelites moved, this progression, they moved out of slavery. And you might remember the story when they, they came to the Red Sea and, and God miraculously parted the Red Sea like walls of water, and they walked straight through out of slavery into freedom. And then behind them, the walls of water closed and their enemy was defeated behind them. It's the first step of this journey. And God wanted to take them over to the promised land. That's just this white area here. And his promised land was described as a land flowing with milk and honey. It was a place of belonging and security for the people. They, didn't, they were slaves. They didn't have a place of their own. It was a place of belonging and security and a place where they would thrive. Milk and honey just means your, your animals, your flocks, they would thrive. Your crops would thrive. This was where God wanted to bring them. But you might again remember in the story 
that as they came out of slavery, God was about to lead them into the promised land. The leader was Moses, and he said, I'm going to send in 12 spies into this promised land, this land flowing with milk and honey, and I want you to do some reconnaissance and tell us what it's like. And so 12 people went in, and they found that the crops were amazing. He actually asked them to bring back some fruit, and the grapes were so big, they carried them over their shoulder on a, on a, a big stick because um, they were so big. It was so fertile. But when they were also in there, they saw the people were like giants, and the cities were fortified, strong, strong cities. And they came back, and they gave the report to Moses, and they said, you're right, This land that God has promised us is actually amazing. It's a place we would thrive. It's a place where the crops are growing great. There's every provision for us. But there's one thing. These giants, we look like grasshoppers in the eyes of these giants. If we go in there, we are never going to beat these giants. And so as they looked... I want to mention this, the promised land. God had promised to give them. They made the decision that I'm not so sure God can give us that land. They began to doubt God, to doubt that God was bigger than these giants and that that God was able to take them in. Can you see a sense of doubt or faith? So what they actually did was they turned back and some of them even said, I would prefer to go back to slavery. I would prefer to go back to Egypt then to walk in to the, to the life and the place where God, that God has promised us. And so they spent 40 years in the desert, in the wilderness. I said earlier that this is the story of the Israelites, but actually this is also the story of you and me. And you'll see, we were all born into slavery. We were all born with a sinful nature within us. We're self-ruled and sin-ruled. And I don't know about you. I don't know if you've ever had those moments where you are aware that you are living under the power of a sinful nature that sometimes is even bigger than yourself. You, you might have had moments where I do what I don't want to do and I don't do what I want to do because there's a power at work within you and that power of sin actually leads to slavery. And without God's help, it leads to this sense of bondage and not freedom in our life. We were born into that. And I want to read an encouraging passage. If you can sense that or know that in your life, this is the, God's response to the Israelites as they cried out from that place of slavery and oppression and suffering. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. Don't you love that God sees us? God, God sees you and he knows you. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers and I am concerned about their suffering. God's concerned about it. Isn't that amazing? The the creator of this world is concerned about us. He is moved by our heart's cry. 
And he says, so I've come down to rescue them from the hands of the Egyptians. And Jesus similarly from this place of slavery in our lives, he comes down and rescues us. How how does he come and rescue us from the power of sin? Of course, in Jesus. And you might remember that as they left Egypt, they painted on the the roofs, or sorry, the the doorposts of their houses, the, the blood of the lamb, and the angel would pass over them. Similarly, when our faith is in Jesus, when our faith is in what he's done for us, there's forgiveness for us, we move out of slavery, the consequence of sin is taken, he's washed us clean, and importantly, the enemy is defeated. The enemy is defeated in our life, and Jesus leads us into freedom. And similarly, as we we go to live the, the fullness of life that God has for us, it's a promised land, but I don't know about you, But as I look to live my Christian life, it is not all given to me on a platter, is it? That there are also these giants in my life as well. Sometimes these giants are the sense of of big challenges in our lives. Sometimes they're the, the lies of the evil one who say that, could God really love you? Could God really uh, use you, these voices? I think these giants often have voices that speak to us to say, are you, could God really love you? Could God really use you? Does God really forgive you? There's big things in our life that we feel that can never change and rather than trusting God or looking to God, we can easily turn back into slavery rather than moving in to the life that God has for us. Before I go any further tonight, I just wanted to take a moment to pray and for each of us to ask God, what is it if I'm to walk into all the fullness of who you are in my life, what are those giants or challenges or barriers in my life that Lord, I wanna trust you, I wanna move forward and ask for your victory in these areas of my life. So could you just close your eyes there where you are, even online where you are, and just ask God, what, what are the things in my life that are limiting me experiencing your fullness? What are the areas of my life where I'm doubting you? What are the areas of my life that things seem too big for you? The voices that I might be listening that are not yours? Just ask God to speak to you now. Thank you, in Jesus' name, amen. I I just took that moment because everyone's giants will be different and I really wanted us to have a sense of some application in our life to the principles that come out of this scripture tonight. And you can imagine as Joshua is leading the people into this promised land, that he's doing it with fear and trembling. He's he's worried that there's there's some challenges ahead. He's leading two, two million people, that he needs God to take him into that place. And similarly, 
You might be feeling weak. You might feel inadequate. But God asks us to be strong and courageous as he does Joshua. So let's have a look at the passage here tonight in Joshua 1, 9. It says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people, get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you for all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. As you look at that passage and as we think of those things in our life where we need God to work, need God to help us, there are two things he says here to Joshua. One, be strong and courageous. Don't, don't turn back, continue to seek God for, for victory in these areas of our lives. And the second is that it's God's power at work. Did you see that? It says, I am about to give you this land. I will give you every place where you set foot. No one will be able to stand against you. I will never leave you or forsake you. It's God's presence with them and in them and working through them that will get the victory. Not, it's not gonna be because of Joshua. And Joshua had experienced that God was the one who would lead or win the victories. Um, If you go to Exodus 17, you read this amazing story where the Israelites were about to go into battle. There's these Amalekites, people coming against them. And as Moses found out that they were coming against them, he said to Joshua, lead the army into battle against these people I'm going to go to the mountain to pray. Now, I just think that is the best response. When you've got challenges in your life, may it be the first response that we respond in prayer. Here Moses is, an army's coming towards them. First thing that Moses does, yep, send the army, but I am going to pray. And so Moses went up to the mountain and he prayed. And there's this interesting uh, story in this battle that as Moses prayed, as he stood over the plains of the battle and he stood there with his arms high and prayed in that battle, as he was praying, as his arms were held high, the Israelites would win, were winning the battle. But as he tired and as he stopped praying, his arms lowered, the Amalekites were winning the battle. And so it has that Moses was standing there praying and his Um, assistants Aaron and her held his hands up that they would win this battle. As Moses prayed, the physical battle was being won below. And interestingly, it's recorded here in verse 14 in Exodus 17. It says, Then the Lord, after this battle, said to Moses, Write this on a scroll as something to be remembered and make sure that Joshua hears it. So so the Lord was saying, Moses, Joshua's down there fighting the the battle, but you make sure you write down the account of this story of how this battle was won in prayer that Joshua knows. 
that Joshua knows battles will be won in prayer, victory will come through prayer and not through human effort. Prayer is the greatest gift you and I have because prayer opens up God's intervention, his power in our life and not our own power. I had an impossible task uh, this week at, at my house um, we might have some photos there of some golden cane palm trees in um, our front yard. These golden cane palm trees have been there for a number of years, ever since we've had this house. And as you look at them, you can imagine how many palm branches I have to take to the dump every year. It's heaps. Not only do the palm branches all fall down, the, the nuts that are part of it all wash into the drainage system. Um, and my wife has been asking, you know, what do you think about getting rid of those for, for a long time? And I, I actually would love to get rid of them, but I was like, how am I going to do that? And for the sake of this exercise, I, I wonder if you just imagine with me that we're going to get rid of those palms and I go to my garage to get the best tool on offer. And in my garage, the best tool on offer would be a handsaw. Okay, so you imagine, there, there's probably 10, 12 palm uh, trees there, but each of them has, I don't know, maybe 10 or 12 cane, palm canes that are going up. And you can imagine me with a handsaw cutting each one of those and then cutting it into smaller lots that it would go in the back of a ute and I would probably have to do 20 or more trips to the dump to get rid of those palm canes. And then as I come back, I see that there's a root system. I don't know if you know the root system of these trees. If I had to start digging that out to get rid of that, you soon see that that is an impossible situation. But on, on Thursday, I thought, I'm going to take a photo of this and I'm going to send it to a friend called Sam. And I said, Sam, I'm not sure exactly what you do, but with your work, is this a job that you would do? Would you be able to get rid of these, these um, palm trees for us? And within half an hour, he's like, yep, we can do that. I'll be around tomorrow. And I was like, oh, amazing. And so Sam came around and we got a photo of Sam at work on my trees with his machinery. And literally, I, I watched as he, with the machinery, pulled those trees down, cut them up, lifted them up, uh, within hours, his truck's there in the background to take him away. Two truckloads were taken away. And uh, with that machine, he got the, the root ball, is what it's called, and he just dug it around and with, in a moment lifted up with great power. And you can see the final result. Within a few hours, gone. Now, we can live our lives in two ways. We can live our lives trusting in our own resources. Have you ever done that? You're just living your life using your own resources, trying to do your best. Imagine me trying to cut those palms. Doing your best with your own resources and it feels like you're just butting your head against a brick wall. Because we don't have the strength. We don't have the, the power. And what God's saying here to Joshua is, says, I'll do it. I'll use my power. And I want to tell you that, that you have available to you in your Christian life the power of the creator of this universe. 
And if you are like me, sometimes I feel like I have to do it by myself. I have to uh, use my resources. But prayer is asking, calling out for the right person with the right power to do the work. In that situation with that impossible task, I ask the right person with the right power. And in our Christian life, God is available to us to work in our lives. And he says, don't take on these impossible tasks in your own strength, but cry out to me that I will help. As I said earlier, prayer is the greatest gift. And and I want to encourage us to to learn how to pray, even if the first prayer is, help me, God. But from that point, learn for us to learn how to pray, learn how to invite God's um, power into our life that he can do what we're unable to do. The second thing in this this passage that, that God says to Joshua is to hear his voice and obey. Let's just read in Joshua 1, 7 to 9. It says, be strong and courageous, Joshua, as you go into this promised land. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. You see that that passage says, be careful to obey all of the law, all of my instructions. Do not turn from them to the left or the right. Meditate on his word day and night. As you read through the story of Joshua, there's this common thread that says, the Lord said and Joshua obeyed. The Lord said and Joshua obeyed. One aspect of, of the, the crossings here, as I said, this one here rep, you know, was representing that Jesus had died and he had taken our sin. Um, the sense of moving into the fullness of, or, you know, the other aspect of a Christian life and experiencing his fullness is when we die. Um, my way and my resources. So for instance, if I look at those Uh, giants in my life and I think with my resources I'm going to have to defeat those giants then the natural thing to do is to turn away but if I look at those giants and look at who God is and ask for his resources then there is a confidence and a strength that comes from him to walk into situations that are bigger than ourselves but not only is it God's power, God's power comes as we follow God's way, not my way. As I lay down my ways, as I surrender to God and I look to follow him and I look to hear his voice, as I do that in his ways, he will empower us as we walk in obedience to him. That's when his power comes. God, I I, I often think it, I'm often reminded, Andrew, God is not just going to empower my plans. But as I surrender and walk in his plans, his power will come um, in my my life. Um, This week I had a little situation with my children at home 
Um, I was in one room and they were in another room of the house and I said, "Um, kids, do you mind just coming and picking up your school bags and picking up your shoes and just putting them away? And uh, I didn't hear anything back. I didn't see any movement. And so I said again, "Um, kids, um, can you come and pick up your, your bag and pick up your shoes and put them away? And I heard nothing again. And then I said a third time, and heard nothing. I was probably getting a little bit frustrated at this time and trying to be patient with them. And I just called them to me and said, please, just come and just talk to me. And I did that thing where I was like, okay, guys, just look at me. When I speak to you and, and you don't respond at all, I just feel like my voice is not important. And just as I said that, it was like God said yes similarly about my voice, that, that when God speaks and we don't obey or don't respond, it's just this moment where I recognise, God, I just do the same thing for you or to you. You see, my kids were just, they had their agenda and they were doing what they were wanting to do. They were playing with their cards and their cars and, and things like that. They had their agenda and my voice was a distant voice and it was one that was probably more of an annoyance to them than that because they were set on what they wanted to do. And similarly in our own lives, we can get uh, preoccupied with our agendas and our ways, but God is saying, be careful to listen to my voice. Don't depart from it to the left and the right. And then as we're listening to his voice and as we obey his voice, his power will come into our life. This is a very different way to live when it's all about our direction and our ways. We, we find it a lot harder to hear his voice, a lot harder to see his interaction, his intervention in our life. But when we are surrendered, when we're looking to hear his voice, when there are situations in our life that are bigger than ourselves, we need to hear his voice. I, I, just imagine if you were Joshua, you're leading the the army into these situations. Later in the chapters, we'll see the walls of Jericho. How are we gonna beat this, this, um, I guess these fortified walls? And he's, he's there because it's bigger than himself. He's looking for God to do something that's bigger than himself. He's like, I need to hear your voice, God. What do you want to do in this situation? And you obey. And as we look at the giants in our life, we can stand on the promises of God. And let me just read this. Um, scripture to us from 2 Peter 1, 3-4. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he's given us very great and precious promises, the promises of God, that, that through these promises you may participate in the divine nature. He's saying there that as we walk into the promises of God and we trust them, we experience God's power in our life. Let me explain this this way. These giants, as I said, sometimes they have a voice of their own. They're in our minds sometimes saying, you know, does God really love you? And if you listen to that voice and believe that voice, you will turn rather than trusting God. 
But if you hear that voice and you say, no, my God says that I am loved. I'm a beloved child of God and I don't listen to this. The power of God comes as we live and exercise that promise in our lives. When, when we sin and we fall short and the, the evil one says, like, how can God forgive you? Aren't you a failure as a Christian? We stand and we say, no, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And as we stand in his promises, the freedom and the power of God can come into our lives. When we're looking for peace, we can take that promise that he, he, he promises a peace for us, a peace that transcends all understanding. Situation, the circumstance in our, our world may not look like peace, but we say no. God says that he promises a peace that transcends all understanding. I was thinking that um, many young people here have probably never ever used a check. <laughs> um, but I want to illustrate this as a check. Some probably have. So if you have a check, I write out a check for $100. I write it and I give it to you and I say, if you take this to the bank, you will get $100. Go and cash it in. I give that to you, you take it and cash it in. The promises of God in the scriptures, thousands of promises within the Bible are promises that we take to the bank. God, you say to me that you are with me. Well, I wanna take that to the bank and to live in that truth. You say that you forgive me that my, my sin as far as the east is from the west. Well, I'm gonna take that check to God. He is faithful to his promise and we bank that check in our life. That, that God gives a peace. Whatever the promise might be, you take it to the bank and you say, I'm gonna live in this truth and move into the fullness of what God has for me rather than listening and being influenced by the challenges and the battles and the other voices in my life. Actually, I, I think we need to make a decision to say, am I gonna listen to the voice of God or am I gonna listen to the word? The, sorry, the voice of God through the word of God or the other voices that are coming my way in life. Actually, just this afternoon, there's a moment with my, my daughter. She's only four years old. She came just in tears to us and said, my brothers are telling me that I can't do this. And I, I don't know if you've heard this conversation between a parent and a child. Um, my wife said, well, do you listen to your brother's voice? Or do you listen to our voice, your parents' voice? And similarly in your Christian life, there are gonna be battles and voices in your life, giants in your life that are gonna tell you all sorts of things about you. Can God love you? As I said, many lies. And we make a choice. Am I gonna listen to these voices? Or am I gonna listen to what God says about me? And in this, it says that as we trust in God's promises, we move into the fullness of the life that he has for us, the spiritual inheritance that he has for it. Not a promised land, but the fullness and the spiritual life that he has for us as we trust in him, as we trust in who he is, as we hear his voice and obey him, we begin to experience the fullness of God. And just to close here, I just wanna pray for each one of us and and maybe there, there are those challenges in your life, the, the giants 
in your life. I'd love just to pray for each one of us that we would see them through the eyes of God, that we would recognise that God is bigger than those giants, those lies, those challenges in our lives. And he wants to continue to move in our life to, to show us more and more of his fullness. Would you pray with me? Lord, I want to thank you for your word. Um, as it says in this passage, may your word be precious to us, Lord, as we meditate on it day and night, as we know it, Lord, as we learn more about your character, more about your promises, Lord God. I want to pray, Lord Jesus, that you help us to walk in those promises, to not be fearful, to not be worried, to not doubt when the challenges come. But Lord, as we reach out to you, as we cry out to you that, Lord God, your power will come in our life, will help us, Lord. That, Lord, we would know your strength, your power, your truth in our lives. Lord, I want to thank you that your truth sets us free. And Lord, I just want to pray over anyone here tonight, Lord, where there might be lies or, or the sense of giants that are limiting anyone here, Lord God, that your truth would come into each one of our minds and our hearts to set us into the freedom that you have for us. And Lord, I pray, God, that you would help us to live our lives under your authority that, Lord God, you would set the agenda of our lives, that we'd be able to move with you, Lord God, and be empowered by you. Lord, we long to see you work in greater ways in our lives, not what we can do, but what you can do, Lord. So open our eyes to the fullness of who you are, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you stand with me as we continue to worship God? And as you worship, remember that He's a big God. And maybe you can even just think of those challenges in your life that God is bigger, that He wants to meet you in those and invite God into those places of our life. Let's do that now. Thank you.